Welcome to the World Changers in Tech podcast, where we bring you the most exciting, passionate, impact-driven tech entrepreneurs and actors changing the world one tech at a time. Our episodes foster the sustainable development goals to inspire, build, and grow a sustainable future. So get to know your SDGs and World Changers in Tech. My name is Anna Yukiko Bickenbach, and let's get on to today's episode. Dear World Changers and Tech listeners, today we find ourselves living in changing times, Corona times, one that has created challenges and many adjustments, but mostly as we would like to see them here at German Tech, we see it as a time to innovate and create chances from opportunities. Our physical events, meetups and open lectures had to be canceled, but instead of them being lost, we decided that we would rather digitize them for you so you can also be a part of it. We wanted to include you, our community, in all aspects. So we've adapted our approach to edit down our live digital events so you can hear them as well. We hope you get the most out of it, enjoy it, stay healthy and stay tuned. And we're looking forward to many more episodes with you guys. Hello, Joanna. Hello. And welcome to our World Changes in Tech, the topic We versus Virus, or in German, Via versus Virus. Uh, basically, we will go through this great uh, initiative that started uh, almost a month ago, I think, um, what I've, or we've called it Germany's Collective Hack Against Corona. And just to underline as well, we support all the SDGs at our events. And today it's focused on SDG 3, health and well-being, as well as SDG 17, partnership for the goals, which I think Anna uh, is a prime and great example for what you can achieve when you partner up with everyone. So um, hello, Anna, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. And let's start with you telling us about, you know, yourself and Tech for Germany and what your role with them is before we go into better understanding everything about uh, Via versus Virus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks again for having me. Um, my name is Anna. Um, I'm the head of communications and PR of Tech for Germany, Work for Germany, and now Via versus Virus Hackathon. Um, Tech for Germany is a fellowship program that every year brings together digital talents um, from tech, product, uh, and design with federal, federal ministries and um, in teams and in interdisciplinary teams. They work over the course of three months on government projects. Um, and they, the fellows help making these projects um, user-centric and um, more digital. And we've been doing this for two, two years now. So 2020 is the third batch of um, Tech for Germany fellows. We started Work for Germany in January of this year. And Work for Germany um, is bringing together um, innovation drivers um, also with ministries and they help change the mindset and bring in a more um, agile and flexible um, working mindset into project management. Okay. And what do you get to do on a daily basis? So many different things. <laughs> 
So we're um, we're a kind of small team. We are eight people. So as um, head of communications, I'm obviously involved into everything related to communications and press. So I get to talk to a lot of journalists about what we're doing. Um, I get to oversee um, our websites, our external communication when it comes to social media. But I'm also involved in like maybe I can call it internal communication. So communication between our organization and the fellows, between us and the ministries um, and all kinds of things. So I sometimes, although I don't have a lot of time, I sometimes even hop on um, applications um, and um, I um, attend interviews for our new fellows um, because it's always really great to see um, who's applying for tech and work for Germany. So you're actually the perfect person to talk to in terms of, you know, all the questions that anyone has, if it's internal, how you set it up. And now, obviously, with a v, a VIA versus virus. Uh, so let us get to the very cool part. How did it all come about? What were the first moves you guys made? Okay, so... Around four weeks ago, the um, um, an Estonian organization started a hackathon in Estonia. And um, if you're in that tech bubble, you might also call it Estonia because Estonia is um, so far ahead when it comes to um, digitalization of government services. So they did a hackathon and we were like, wow, this is such an amazing idea. And um, kind of everyone in our like tech digital um, bubble followed um, the hackathon and was like, wow, like why don't we bring that to Germany? We all kind of witnessed that a lot of people in our networks um, started working on solutions um, and we thought we need one digital um, space where we bring them all together um, so they can network, so they can give each other feedback, so they can maybe progress their ideas, consolidate them. And um, a lot of people were tweeting about it and then um, we kind of said, hey, maybe you should just write a concept and approach the federal chancellery, um, uh, asking them if they want to become patrons of the whole initiative. And on Sunday, three weeks ago, um, we had a first, like, very, um, very easy intro call um, with another organization, with Adriana, actually, from Prototype Fund and Code for Germany, and she was like, yeah, let's do it as well. So we started writing a concept, and we sent it to the federal chancellery, and that might sound a bit crazy, just sending it to the federal chancellery, but it is, I think it's easy, it's more easy to understand if you know that Tech for Germany um, is under the patronage of the federal chancellery throughout the whole year. So we already um, have a contact there and we know that they're um, very keen on starting um, new projects. Um, so we kind of send it to our, our contact who's Kirsten Ruf. And um, she got back to us Monday morning saying, yeah, the federal chancellery is actually um, really interested and they would like to become patrons. And then over Basically, from Sunday to Monday, we formed a group of seven initiatives and we had our first um, kickoff call um, on Monday evening. And we were kind of thinking, okay, what does it need? Like, what kind of working packages do we need to establish? Um, who um, is going to be leading which working package? Mm -hmm. And from there on, we just started working. So on um, Tuesday, we then got the feedback that not only the federal chancellery, but that the whole German government would act as patrons. So 
Um, on Tuesday, no, on, on Tuesday or Wednesday, it was introduced in the cabinet where all ministers um, are sitting, as well as um, Angela Merkel, yeah. and they approved of the initiative. And then we got the final feedback. Yeah, you can like the whole German government is going to support the hackathon, um, and we did a logo, we um, set up a website, and then on Wednesday we launched, and on Friday we actually started the hackathon. And, and to go, I mean, that's amazing, right? So you guys went from Sunday to Thursday and setting it up, and obviously because you had, you know, the right network. Going back to the Monday, when you guys thought about the right initiators to have joined, uh, I mean, the organization or the initiative or the organization, what were, like, the main things you guys were thinking of that you need? Like, what, what were the given points that these organizations had to bring with them? Um, I think um, in the first instance, instant, we were just looking for people who are really eager in like setting it up and like kind of committing to bringing the whole organization in to actually bring the, bring the hackathon forward because we knew we had only four days to set it up and we knew that but like as Estonia did it in like, in like 24 hours. So we were kind of like, if we have four days, we can probably manage. Um, but we were just kind of looking for people who had a very strong organizational um, um, mindset and, and skill set um, and who were just like very hands-on. And mm -hmm. then um, one soft factor um, that we didn't think about um, very consciously, but that, that very much um, contributed to the success of the hackathon is that I think we work incredibly well as a team. So we're all um, impact-driven companies and we're all nonprofit. Um, it's very much about what we wanted to achieve and just putting um, every time, all the time we had um, behind the project. Um, and then that actually worked out, out really, really well because obviously with Tech for Germany, we had, like with Christina, who's our CEO, she has, an amazing project management project management skill. Um, she in the end oversaw 100 people. Like our organization grew from kind of seven people to 100 people in four days. Um, and then we had very strong partners in um, Project Together, um, Impact Hub Berlin, in um, kind of organizing the whole community and selecting the challenges and organizing them. And we had um, D21 and um, Zend, who were very, very strong um, with um, bringing um, the right network in. So we needed a lot of supporters. We needed a lot of mentors. Um, they were responsible for that. And then um, Code, for Code for Germany and uh, the Prototype Fund um, really um, also contributed to the whole project management side of things, but also bringing network in and kind of like bringing everyone in line with um, what the hackathon should be in terms of open data and um, community feel because the hacking community is a very specific one and they have a very strong value system. And I think that was incredibly helpful for us all to under to like really get behind what the community would expect of us if we were to run that marathon, uh, hackathon. <laughs> I'm saying marathon already, hackathon. <laughs> because it feels like a marathon probably at this point. <laughs> it sounds like a sprint, now it feels like a marathon. <laughs> So did you guys, because the reason I'm asking too is if we have, you know, others that are inspired to do something similar, maybe another country or whatnot, um, I thought it'd be really interesting to understand, like, what are these blocks or elements organizations need to bring with them? And so you had someone that was also an expert in setting up 
maybe larger hackathons or what was that like? Anyone who's ever set up an online hackathon before, some of us have um, did um, like physical hackathons before, but none virtually. Okay. Okay. So it was kind of, uh, you know, uh, just as the virus has overrolled many of us. I yeah, we, we had like, we had like an intro call with Estonia who gave us advice and we're also very much about sharing this advice. So we like in the week after the hackathon, we did an international phone call where we very much in detail explained like all the steps um, we went through and um, the um, video call is actually recorded. It's on our um, YouTube channel and we're currently in the process of actually Actually releasing a handbook because we've got tons of requests about how to set up a hackathon and there are so many tiny uh, tiny details um, that are actually really important okay so we'll continue on with uh, now the knowledge exchange and learning um, I want to share at this point I think so we're talking about so we did Monday through Thursday and Thursday is when you started receiving the applicants and what happened basically on Thursday was that the registration day? So we launched the website on Wednesday and it was right away um, possible to register as a participant um, for, for the hackathon. We also looked for mentors. They could also register until Thursday evening. And we also asked for challenges. So we didn't come up with the challenges ourselves, but we wanted to get them in from society, from like 80 million um, um, citizens. Um, and so we had like all kinds of requests coming in and also companies because we got also a ton of requests uh, from companies who wanted to support. So we had like these four blocks basically coming back at us and then um, from Wednesday to Thursday slash Friday, it was all about organizing um, participants, challenges, mentors um, and companies. And we closed uh, participant reg reg registration on Friday at noon. And we had um, an, an still mind-blowing number of um, almost 43,000 um, registrations for the hackathon. Um, 28,000 of them actually then um, showed up and were a part of our um, Slack workspace that we created for the hackathon. Um, we had also a mind-blowing number of uh, almost 2,000 um, challenges that were submitted. Um, 200 of them actually came from federal ministries, um, which is also interesting to know, I think. And we had around 3,000 um, mentors signing up who said they don't want to participate um, in hacking, but actually um, um, supporting through their um, expertise, knowledge, and helping teams organize and bringing their ideas forward and to, to another level. And we also, the number is not represented here. I think we had around 1,500 companies who also offered their support. Wow. Okay. So those are just the numbers so people can get a grasp of uh, what the initial, you know, uh, outcome or participation was. In, in terms of transparency, and should be honest, like, what was the golden numbers you guys thought would be like, hey, if we get this, then, you know, we're making a statement? Yeah, they were way lower. <laughs> so Estonia um, had, I think, 1,000 participants. So we were kind of like, okay, Estonia has around like 
8 million inhabitants, I think. So if we have 10,000 participants, that would actually be mind blowing. And then there's this like um, very funny, in hindsight, in hindsight, very funny screenshot of us being, because we all did it virtually as well, right? So we all did it through Zoom calls. None of us has ever met each other. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, I mean, like I've met my, my, like my CEO, Christina, obviously we work together, but I, like apart from Christina, I've only met one more person. Like I've never seen the other ones in real life and most of them haven't either. So we, we're like a completely new team. We've never worked together. Which and is the, interesting, right? As in terms of behind the curtains and what probably a lot of people didn't realize is, you know, you guys setting it up in four days that you guys were also in this new territory of everyone's in-home office and you have to figure out how to do this digitally. Okay, yeah. amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and this is um, a funny screenshot. So we did uh, Zoom calls every um, evening, obviously to update us on the numbers, et cetera. Um, and on Wednesday evening, so around like 12 hours after we've launched um, the website and opened registration, um, we had, I think 3000 participants or like registrations as participants. And we have the screenshots where everyone's like, this is amazing. <laughs> and then like, I don't know, 30, th uh, 36 hours later, we have like 43,000 participants. And from that moment onward, it was just like, yeah, it was terrible. And um, I think, um, so we applied for um, the Guinness World Record because as like, we've not found a bigger hackathon. It's by far the biggest hackathon that's ever uh, taken place. Happened globally, right? So hopefully yeah. that'll be something that can actually be uh, supported and stated by the Guinness World Book Records. Yeah. Um, was there, I mean, the, I can imagine the picture of everyone going like, oh my God, cool, you know, we did this. But was there a point where you felt that maybe you guys could be overwhelmed? And is there anything that you guys then did to be like, okay, there's so many people at this point and so many things happening. This is what we, I don't know, have to add on to, to, to handle this group of people? So I don't think that in the beginning we kind of realized how much um, men or women power we needed um, apart from us seven or like we were like 14 on Tuesday. So, but like, inter like relatively large number of uh, organizers. And then we were incredibly lucky to have so many people within our organization saying, hey, this sounds amazing. I'll actually give up my free weekend and help you guys in, in setting this up. So um, I think that was very helpful. And also, like you said, like coming together with a, with a bigger team can have its ups and downs. Fortunately, we only had ups, to be very honest, and we count ourselves as very lucky um, to be able to say so. Um, because it kind of distributed um, the pressure and the responsibility these numbers bring on like so many different shoulders. So I feel like, for example, on Tuesday when we did the whole website and the logo, that was very much uh, like my part where like I was kind of like the one um, leading the whole process. But then it was very lucky that like every day brought in like another member of the team being kind of the leader of that process. So I feel like all of us kind of had like a, oh my God, like what is happening? Can we actually do this moment? But then there were always like six other people who were very supportive. And um, like I said, we were just very hands-on. And then also things were happening so quickly that you didn't actually have time to overthink of freak out about anything like you just and I think because we 
only had four days and because we had only found each other as like a team um we were constantly like we're just doing the very best we can mm -hmm. like we're trying to think about absolutely everything but realistically there will be fuck-ups but right. we don't mind like work like the the idea of a hackathon is testing solutions very very quickly and more or less that's what we also did in, in, on an organizational side and then we were also very 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 lucky that like the amazing participants um were, were very patient with us so for example on friday when we um invited everyone to slack we actually had a call with slack before and uh, went through the process and they were like no like workspaces can 100 percent um uh, be handled with uh, 43,000 people that's no problem at all but it's not very easy inviting them all at once which we only realized once we had already sent out the the invitation and so then we got uh, then we had another phone call with slack we were like there are like twenty thousand people virtually banging on our doors wanting in and like being all over twitter like what is not working oh. um but they were very um helpful in uh finding a solution um which um was to actually invite them all manually so we kind of divided like twenty thousand people into batches of two thousand and invited them all manually which i don't know uh, yeah running a hackathon with so many people isn't always glorious. Okay. Well, <laughs> but, you did, but you did the best that you, the best you guys could. And that sounds like it was a journey uh, for every individual that was part of it. Um, can now, can we, it would be interesting to run through if I was a person who proposed my idea, how did you guys now structure the participants and ideas? Like were there guidelines or how did, what, what, steps did they do in those next i think three days or two days they had to hack yeah so um the um submission process uh, the submission process for challenges closed on thursday night and then we had 12 hours maybe a bit more in actually going through all 2000 challenges and kind of clustering them into topics because we were very broad we didn't set out narrow questions beforehand um, but we were just asking about um, challenges in the areas of politics economy um, education um, social you name it but very broad um, and so we then had a team of 60 people going through 2000 challenges and actually clustering them and um, one like very crucial point is organizing slack in a way that kind of um, that is um, able to actually accommodate all participants and all challenges and providing a structure that makes it more or less easy, if you can say so, if there are 40,000 people, um, to find the challenges they're looking for. So beforehand, we had, a whole, we had a whole team and they did an amazing job in actually coming up with a structure for Slack and setting up channels for every individual challenge. And there is a limit, um, I think, per channel, if I'm correct here. So we even set up several channels per challenge because we didn't know how many people actually wanted to be part of one challenge. Um, and that was very crucial. And then as we didn't um, allow teams to register as teams, we only allowed um, individuals to register. They actually then came into Slack and that was a mess. Like it was definitely chaotic, but it worked out in the end and they found each other in teams within their um, Slack channels. 
How did you solve that though? Was it just pure communication and telling people go through the categories that you like the most and each category can have only up to so many people? Like were there some limitations that you guys set or how did they find the right? I think in the beginning we said teams shouldn't be bigger than four to six people, but we weren't strict on actually, like in the beginning, I think most uh, teams were four to six people strong, but then we also had a lot of mentors. So that is actually very important. So we were seven people in the core organization team. Then we had another hundred who were kind of like in the broader organization team. And then we had these um, 3000 mentors. And because we kind of realized we have such a high number of participants, we also need moderators. Mm-hmm. So apart from those help, like supporting the teams, um, with their skill set, we also just need people who are kind of helping organizers to organize people. And so we actually asked mentors, hey, do you also, would you also be interested in, um, in acting as moderators? And I think we had around, oh, my, around 600 moderators mm-hmm. who only acted as moderators and who kind of facilitated team building and also merging of teams once they kind of realized teams were working on very similar things. So that kind of like um, um, very hierarchical structure very much helped us in getting like the, the decision that were made on top, like down to the basis. And these moderators, um, like we kind of like, we kind of called them like our human chatbots because they were so on point with all the questions that everyone asked and they were so they were so rapid and just like answering and like attending to questions um so that was also very very helpful and we wrote um faq guidelines for a lot of things that we provided um open source uh, either on our website or on um or on g drive and um so that was very helpful and there was also a whole other layer of communication because we had like the peop- the participants who are already inside Slack. Then we had a bunch of people who wanted to get in, who weren't inside. And obviously there was like 80, like potentially 80 million citizens who also kind of wanted to know what was going on. So we kind of used Twitter as a very direct line of communication. Um, and also like on Friday, kind of like tweeting out, we know like we have a hiccup here, like please be patient. Like this email was sent out um, you can find answers here. Blah, blah, blah. And we kind of were very quick in adapting to the needs of participants. I had two more questions that just came to my mind. So the first one was you were saying you used, so you had Slack for everyone internally that if you wanted to participate, you basically had to use like Slack as a tool, right? And then it was obviously very important that um, you communicate to the outside world what is happening with the hackathon because it had, uh, it was so popular and so many yeah, people- German government was involved, yeah. And the German government wasn't. Okay, so uh, so far what I hear the tools that you used were uh, Slack and Twitter in terms of like public relations outreach. What other tools did you guys use or have to use? Yeah, so um, first we used Guana, which is an Estonian company for um, challenge submissions. And then we used um, Airtable where we listed all challenges um then we used slack as our kind of like working area um but people like teams were also free to work outside of slack the most important thing for us was that they would always return um to slack for announcement because that was our main channel of communication 
Um, and then we also use DevPost where teams um, could, um, sub could actually register as a team and then upload their solutions that they've come up with. So there's one question that says, do you have a, a repository accessible for the ideas projects being developed at the hackathon? Um, yes, um, you can go to our website. Unfortunately, it's all in German. Um, oh no, I just uh, realized, remembered there is an, an uh, English air table with the initial um, um, challenges that were submitted, um, but you can find all solutions on um, our website and on Slack and um, they had to actually then hand in um, or upload a, um, a two-minute video of their solution and you can find all of these on YouTube in various um, playlists that we've created. How would you eval evaluate the role of moderators and mentors for the overall success? What would you recommend uh, to motivate mentors? Hello. Hi. 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 Now we have Maria here. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I'm a colleague of Anna and Maria. Obviously, her her uh, her line broke down or anything, so I'm I'm just stepping in. Sorry, <laughs> but I started just answering some questions. Q and A. What were you just elaborating about? I'm sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. Uh, someone asked, how would you evaluate the role of moderators and mentors for the overall success? Um, I don't honestly think we could have done it without them, to be honest, because they were really. The like people on the ground um, talking to participants um, and making sure they knew um, about they they had all their questions answered. They knew about the next steps, so um, they were absolutely um, crucial for the overall success. And there's a follow-up question: What would you recommend to motivate mentors? Um, that is a very good question, um, and we've kind of asked. Um, that question um, ourselves, like we asked it ourselves, like, like how did we have so many incredible people helping us? Um, I'm I, one of them, by the way. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, actually, yes. So maybe it's like, maybe you can tell us what motivated you because um, I feel like the course was so um, good and so tangible. So everyone was kind of affected by, by COVID-19 um, and everyone also had time at their hands and everyone, I feel like a lot of people are, are, are sitting kind of at home thinking about what they can actually do to help. And that hackathon was just a great vehicle for actually releasing that motivation and um, yeah, giving back or giving input um, on the current situation. And I think that's very true like generally, but it came like, like that was like very condensed, um, especially over that weekend, which was kind of like the first one where it was absolutely clear that uh, the situation is not going to change um, for a longer time. And I also think that having the German government involved is, a, is like a pull factor for motivation. Yeah, I, I can just double that. It was like a lot of people, a great network organizing it. And then of course, I mean, it's something that maybe also you can talk a little bit about what happened after the hackathon and, 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 and um, what will happen now, because that's um, also something I think it is, it, to me, it feels like it is kind of the whole network now keeps on working on the ideas. Um, and it is not something that ended after 48 hours. And um, though 
to be honest, to me, it is still not exactly clear what happened after the 48 hours and after the press conference of the Robert. Yeah, I can. Anna is also back. Hi, hi Anna. everyone. I just want to say hi and danke, Maria. This is how you do crisis <laughs> management. I hope it seemed like everyone survived just fine. Sorry. <laughs> opened up the Q&A section and Zoom, like everything just froze. So um, thank you, Maria. And I think you guys are doing a great job. So I'll just let you guys continue. Yeah, like I can obviously talk about, um, there was one question, maybe that's, um, there was one question about um, how we made sure that projects weren't too similar. Maybe that kind of fits in before yes, I get into mm -hmm. the sustainability aspect. Um, so to be very honest, like in the first like 12 to 14 hours of the hackathon, we kind of didn't, so, oh no, hang on, one step back. So with the submission challenge, we obviously looked uh, we ob obviously looked at all the projects and kind of consolidated those ideas that were similar and there were a million ideas that were similar. So we obviously put them into one challenge, um, which just made sense. So we only wanted like one challenge with one top topic. Um, and then um, with the teams, um, we kind of um, onboarded mentors to have a, like to, uh, to actually look at what um, teams were doing and then um, kind of um, um, advising them to join forces and that was actually also very incredible because I feel like if you're usually talking about business you have like this very competitive um, 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 characteristic in mind and that for some reason wasn't um, wasn't part of the hackathon so teams were very, very open to actually come together. And I have this amazing, um, like a friend of mine actually participated and she found out through a mentor, mentor after a couple of hours that there are two other teams who are working on the exact same idea. So they came together and um, then they had a team of 30 people and they were kind of able to focus on the back end, um, the front end and uh, the strategy or something. So, and that like still gives me goosebumps because I kind of feel like that's, how you should actually go about business, not seeing people who are doing similar things as competitors, but as people you can actually learn, learn from and work together with and um, yeah, like feed off each other's drive for a course. And um, yeah, maybe that's also a good bridge to what we're doing now. So the hackathon for us from the very start was also was only starting point. So right away when we proposed the idea um, of the hackathon to the federal government, we kind of said we don't want the hackathon to end after 48 hours. Um, we don't just want people to work on ideas and then just leave them hanging. For us, the sustainability aspect was so important that we kind of said without like we, we're not going to do, do it without it. So we, there was one team, um, the guys from Project Together, they right away um, started working on like a um, sustainability program um, that we've now um, started last week. And um, with like a very vital um, part of that program is also bringing teams together, not only with teams from the hackathon, but also from initiatives outside um, who are working on something similar because I feel like um, like, although the hackathon, hackathon was amazing and I'm still mind blown by the team spirit that um, was very vis visible there, um, we're in a crisis, right? So um, I don't think it's time for ego or competitiveness and it's about actually joining forces and like 
consolidating um, projects and also existing initiatives um, and maybe have them have um, a solution from our team that would very much be adaptable in like an existing organization. So these are all aspects um, that we're pursuing with the um, support program, the uh, Via versus Virus um, support program that we set up and we launched that um, last week and it consists of four different aspects. Okay, and I, I guess, should I take over again, Maria? Okay, uh, because <laughs> you know, I haven't been to the hairdressers for a while, so it's okay. <laughs> I just drop out again. Um, so, because this is the whole point, I think it's very interesting for a lot of people, as well as people that were participating, whether they were, you know, uh, in the hack participating, or they were mentors, or they were part of the jury, as Maria was as well. You mentioned that it's become a marathon. And maybe um, you, you just talked about, now you're putting teams together. Maybe you can talk about, uh, you had mentioned on the webpage, you can actually go through and see all the teams and solutions that came from this. Tell us a little bit more about that. And mm, from different perspectives, if you as an actor that was part of it, if you want to continue on, how would they try to actively continue on now in terms of with their needs? Yeah. Um, so from the hack, like the hackathon kind of like finished with 1,500 teams submitting solutions. Um, and we it took us around seven days to actually go through all submissions, through all projects um, to, we had a jury in place um, that kind of um, evaluated projects um, based on different criteria and also kind of ranked them and also um, going through them and seeing where two teams were kind of working um, on a similar um, solution. And then we, we had a top 20 um, and we also encouraged, but we also encouraged all teams to continue working mm -hmm. like while we were evaluate, evaluating what they've come up with um, at the end of the hackathon. Um, so now we've started, um, like I said, the support program and um, one major aspect of that is the Slack channel is still open and it's also now open to basically everyone who wants to join. So everyone who wants to work on a, um, on a solution that is tackling in a challenge um, post through COVID-19, they're very welcome to join um, the Slack space and make use of all the amazing mentors who are still active. So the Slack space is still very much buzzing. Um, and we're very happy to have um, established um, the community, but also um, to keep it um, going for at least another three months. So community management, which is um, uh, mainly run by Impact Hub Berlin, um, is still um, is, is very core to what we do. And then um, we the other three aspects um, is a solution enabler. So that's a program um, where we support um, 130 projects um, that were part of the hackathon, but also teams that have worked on similar solutions, but kind of like didn't participate in the hackathon. And we've now um, evaluated all 400 applications we had for the solution enablers, the top 20 from the hackathon direct, like got a direct entry um, ticket to the solution enabler. And um, the solution enabler made mainly run by Project Together, uh, is now accompanying uh, 130 projects for the next six months. 
and um, they have a weekly um, meetup. Um, they're being put into peer groups, so um, teams who are working on, like in a in a like in like the same field, um, they're um, working together and they're prioritizing uh, what they need. We're um, connecting them to the companies, but also the technical infrastructure and resources um, that were offered to us. Um, we're um, we're hoping to also um, provide them with financial means um, while they're working um, on the hackathon, but that is not uh, not on the hackathon, but on their project that is not set in stone yet. Mm -hmm. um, there will also be a fast track program, which is gonna, um, or which is called um, Solution Builder. Um, so these are gonna be the like ten to twenty most promising projects that have the most um, um, who are, who need who need um, execution most urgently. Um, and then there is the um, Via versus Virus crowdfunding matching fund for all solutions from the hackathon, but also from outside who, who say, well, we don't actually need um, any, um, any support in terms of coaching or resources. We just need financial support mm -hmm. and they can apply to the, uh, to the fund and the fund is structured in a twofold way. So, there's a crowdfunding platform. Mm -hmm. And if you apply for the matching fund, then the money that is going to be put in, in by the public will get um, doubled. Uh, no, not doubled, but will get um, more money from the fund. So there are like mm -hmm. basically like two ways um, how you can proceed. But okay. the crowdfunding is, is open since I think it will start next week, the matching fund. The fundraising for the matching force started last uh, started yesterday. The crowdfunding will start next week, um, and the solution enabler process um, is kind of already on its way. We are having our kickoff call with the 130 projects that were um, that were um, chosen this afternoon. Okay, so after this. Because I want, you know, it's, it's obvious that people also need to understand the immensity of of what was happening and how many people came together and the solutions. And therefore, as you said, as a marathon, I'm assuming it was also this ad hoc thing that you guys first had to build to figure out how are you going to push these solutions to become a reality. Um, a lot of the questions that are coming through uh, are obviously like, okay, so what are some of these solutions? And um, I know that Anna has to be very fair because she can't like specifically say names because they have to be you know, fair to everyone that was part. But can you give us some great examples of some of the things that came from it that has, you know, will have a strong impact? Um, and then I have a few more questions and we'll try to go through the rest of the Q&As, uh, but we'll see, okay. Yeah, um, so obviously, and I know this is um, very unsatisfying for everyone who's really interesting in what the, the solutions were, but Anna, thank you so much. Uh, I have to stay really vague. Um, I can only encourage everyone to go on our website um, and look through um, the top 20, but also the 130 projects that were now, now chosen for the solutions enablers. So they're all on our website. Um, and they were chosen because they're all very urgent and that because we believe that they'll have impact. So it's, it's very, very hard to single out like a couple of projects, but so there are um, projects who are tackling um, the resource problems. So 
Um, how do we get medical supply? Like, how do we kind of distribute medical supply better? How can hospitals communicate in a better way um, so that hospitals with loads of resources can actually ship their, their, um, their surplus to hospitals that are in need? So that's basically that's uh, one area of um, solutions we've um, tackled. Then there are lots of solutions who are dealing with communication. So better communication in between citizens so that um, citizens can help out each other um, in crises like these, but also um, state citizen communication. So for example, a lot of, a lot of people um, were abroad, right? And like didn't really know what was going on. So um, there's one solution that is tackling, that is kind of like proposing a, um, a very easy to use um, platform for all, um, for all um, official institutions so that they can feed in information and that um, uh, people who are um, already in a, in a stressful situation don't have to additionally put in a lot of effort like um, seeing, um, like looking um, for information um, on the internet or wherever. Um, so then there's also, uh, large area, how can um, the appointment making process with, um, with doctors, how can this be made more um, efficient um, and better? Um, there is a lot about optimization of processes. For example, if you're like, there are loads of, um, um, there's loads of tra traffic right before borders now, right? Because people need to be um, controlled. How can you automize that process? How can you um, fill in um, certain uh, forms digitally beforehand and have them all provided, for example, through a QNR code so that it's like um, way more um, automated and then there are really a bunch of other amazing solutions. So I can only encourage everyone to have a look. Can you tell us what the web page is? Yeah. Um, should I maybe write it in the chat? Yes, that would in the perfect. Chat? If you could write it into the chat, that would be perfect. And as you are writing up that chat, I will also state two more questions because time is running out. And I think as Anna said, um, you'll find all the answers on, uh, on their webpage. And I think Anna and her team are very open uh, to you writing them an email to ask more questions. Uh, there was a question in terms of how were the top 20 picked? Maybe what are just some of the criteria? why they were the top 20? And diversity of team. I think this is interesting. How diverse were the teams? Like how was the ratio of men to women quite equal and techies involved? So those two. Um, so the top 20 um, were picked in a um, two-step two solution, um, two-step um, process. So at first we asked um, our mentors again, who are CEOs of major companies who are um, leading experts in their field already, if they would help us out. And we had, um, I think, 600 people helping us out again, um, selecting, um, going through these 1,500 um, solutions. And the criteria um, were um, level of innovation, um, social um, impact, um, a process the team made over the course um, of 48 hours, and two other criteria that I that don't come to my mind, but, but which are also on our website. And then the second um, round, um, then we narrowed it down to around 200. And then we had another jury of 47 people, um, also Dorothy Bear, who's um, um, 
who is uh, part of the federal chancellery and responsible for digitization, um, was part of that jury. And they um, went through the whole um, evaluation process um, again, and um, then finally selected the top 20. So does that mean, oh, sorry, does that mean, can I assume that the top 20, at least they've looked at it also from a political um, implementation standpoint, even if it means like, you know, data protection, et cetera, that they were able to evaluate it and say, if you're top 20, it, it's possible for you to have success because you can implement it based oh, yeah. on- Yeah, level. obviously, like obviously implementation was also part, like, yeah, obviously we looked at how likely are solutions um, to be implemented and all of the um, just named criteria were obviously part of that. So we had um, high, like very skilled experts um, in area of um, uh, data security and all kinds of other, other areas um, looking through um, the solutions and um, evaluating them on like very strict criteria, obviously. Yeah. And then the second question was about um, diversity, right? Yes. So the diversity in terms of the teams, uh, female to male ratio, as well as techies. Yeah, so I know a hackathon, like to most people, is um, most likely to have loads of techies. Um, however, like if you're looking at the term hacking, it's more about finding creative solutions in an interdisciplinary team. Um, and also through Tech for Germany, we made the experience that having people also with different um, backgrounds, for example, in psychology or any kind of background, um, as part of the team um, leading to way better, better solutions. So we invited everyone with time um, um, and internet access um, to participate in the hackathon. And that was something um, we're, I think we are very proud of that obviously there were techies and I think around 50% of people have like a tech background, but there's also 50% who come from very, very different backgrounds. And may that be um, the arts or um, the uh, social, social um, services, um, government services basically i i don't think there there is a like uh there is a um profession group that w wasn't represented in the hackathon and i think we most people were around 20 like in between 20 and 35 but there were also a lot of people who were way older and who had never used slack before um who had never actually like who had never heard of a hackathon before we actually had i think around 10% of people who um, are already retired. So oh, that was cool. Mm -hmm. um, and the um, male-female ratio, I think, was 40 to 60. So 60% male and then 40% female, which, I don't know, obviously, I would have loved it to be 50-50, but I feel like for a hackathon, that's, all, that's already um, great success. And we didn't discriminate, like, in any, in any way. We just, like, we, yeah, everyone was allowed to participate. So, um, and one has to, I have to say, I think as a mom, if you're a mom and you have a family, then the weekends might have been a little harder to just, you know, be part. I don't, I'm not saying that it is a reason, but maybe, you know, some things. Um, yeah, but there were also families. That was actually really cute. There were families where the dad and the mom participated as kind of one person and then they kind of split between. So they like jumped out of the team and cared for their children and then the other person came in. So yeah that was Part partnership goals um <laughs> okay to round it all up if there is one thing you can look back on where you said okay if we would have known this um we could have done this part better and 
if there's anything that you guys are really looking for now, what is it where maybe, you know, some of our participants could say, okay, I can offer that or. Mm. Um, it's just a very nitty gritty detail, uh, which would have made my life way much easier. <laughs> um, so like I said, we didn't expect that many people to show up. And although we had the, like the appropriate amount of mentors and organizers um, to actually organize this bunch of people, um, there is a lot of internal communication that needs to take place. And like for my sake, if I would do it again, I would like, I would draft way more emails beforehand and not do it like on the go basically and finding someone um, who would do that. So um, I think, yeah, that was something we kind of didn't expect. And then um, also one, one thing maybe, so we knew we had that many participants and that we would have like a, like a final call, but kind of the expectation grew over the weekend that we would end on like a very, like with the bang basically. And I was also responsible for organizing the whole um, 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 goodbye call on Sunday evening. And we kind of tried to get in contact with, like musicians to actually create like a massive like moment for everyone because the community was so great and they were so kind and um i really felt i want to give back um but we only started thinking about this on sunday morning so we had basically like maybe 11 hours and so we didn't have like a beneficial concert. And if everyone wants to have a laugh, um, go, go to our YouTube page, um, watch our final call because we um, then um, got United We Stream, the Berlin, um, Berlin club community on board. And they have a stream every night of um, a DJ playing in a club. And um, we found that a very um, supportable um, course. So we kind of redirected our stream to their stream. Um, because we live streamed everything on YouTube. And um, so there is a, like, you kind of have to preset when the, when the streams are going to switch. And um, because we started a bit late, um, our last couple of minutes are basically only a DJ playing at Griesmühle in like the most incredible German techno. And that, that was just like, it made us all crack up. That was such a funny, funny, funny ending. Um, and I, I, that was amazing. Like, I, I love what they're doing, but I, it would have been nice to have a bit more of a, like, a, yeah, a, a, a more peaceful moment as an ending note for the hackathon. Um, and what we're looking for now, so we're looking for um, people who are engaging with the fundraising for the matching fund. So if you're a company, if you're watching, if you think, wow, like I want to support a solution um, on a financial way, I think that's a very um, unique and new way also for, um, um, for the government to actually interact um, with citizens. So I find um, that a very good way. Um, and um, we are still looking for company support. So we already have a ton of companies who are supporting us um, with technical infrastructure or with their skill set. But um, that's also something we're still looking for. So for the six-month uh, solution enabler program, we're still looking um, for partners who want to support us financially or um, with their resources. 
Wonderful. And so with that, I think um, I want to thank you very much, Anna, for joining us and telling us uh, a deep insight into the Via versus Virus hackathon that you guys successfully put up, one of the world's largest hackathons, and uh, wishing you guys all the success further with the marathon because it's not stopping here. And I think that's the message is it hasn't stopped. If anyone's interested, make sure you go to the webpage, which is via versus virus hackathon.org. And also on Twitter, I think that's, that's more, most often the most updated uh, communication channel. It's via versus virus hack. Hack. And with that, uh, wishing you a wonderful rest of the hump day. And thank you so much. And we hope to see you again soon on World Changes in Tech. And with that, merci beaucoup, danke, thank you, and you guys all take care and stay healthy. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, and thanks for everyone to listening in. Cheers. Cheers. That was a wrap here for us at the World Changers in Tech headquarters. Make sure you find us at our webpage, www.german.tech, and subscribe to our newsletter to stay up to date and receive exclusive invites to all our event formats. You can also find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. Big thank you from the World Changers in Tech team here at German Tech, where we strive to inspire, build, and grow digital ecosystems for a sustainable future. Continue on on our SDGs and World Changers in Tech, and tune in soon.